Yeah, I'm a high contemplator, I guess. For some of you, you know what that means. Uh, that's a blessing you guys are, what you're doing for Chad and those guys out there. It's good to see a ninja in the, in the crowd today. Um, I guess you had a Power Ranger last week, and this week you got a ninja. That's pretty good. I'm, now you have a contemplator. Um, you know, I, I was blessed financially this week. I got to tell you a story. Um, don't think poorly of me of this, but anyway. I wanted to buy a new TV. We've had a, a TV in our bookcase for many years now that fit inside our bookcase. 37 inch for some of you, 720p, okay? Um, and I wanted to upgrade. In fact, yet my wife said the other day, I'm having a hard time seeing the TV. Boom, we can get a bigger TV. So um, I started looking. I started looking for TVs, right? I haven't searched for a while, so I knew it. I wanted to go at least a 1080, and then, I was, and then you see the 4Ks out there. And, and uh, so I went to Best Buy, and uh, all those TVs that I wanted were like $800. And they had, they had some on sale for, you know, $600, $599. And they said to me, how much is your budget? I said, $400. So I, I didn't buy a TV at Best Buy. So a friend of mine said, a friend of mine said, well, uh, as a Costco member, which we aren't, he said, um, we'll go to Costco sometime. And I was talking to a friend of mine, Dave, and Dave's, Dave happened to go to Costco that day, and he says, I found exactly what you're looking for, 55-inch, 4K, for 549 I thought, well, okay, I'm, I'm in, right? So I said, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up, and I'm in the car. I made it to the first corner, and I heard my phone buzz, and he says, oh, they're out of them. So, you know, he said, they're coming in a couple of weeks. So, I don't know if you know, I'm from Illinois, and the Cubs are in the World Series. Okay, I got to say that as many times as I can today, the Cubs are in the World Series. <laughs> I've been able to say it for 71 years, but the Cubs are in the World Series. And I wanted a TV so I could watch the Cubs. And so, I called over to Granville Costco, and they had five of them. So, Thursday night, my, brother, my friend Dave and I drove over to Costco with his rain check that they said they would honor at 549. So we go, there's the TV, we get it on the cart, we get it up to the cash, cashier's place. And the, the girl's being trained, right? So she, she says, no, I shoot the TV first and then the cat, yeah. So she shoots the TV and I'm trying, I don't know what they do about not being a member. So I gave Dave my credit, my debit card. He said, he's, you know, so he shows him his membership card. And he, says, he says, you gotta run the, the, the pin. So I'm standing there pushing my pin in and the girl rang it up and she says, it's $403. And, you know, I'm, and Dave's like, what are you doing? Hurry up, let's go. <laughs> this is my Christian brother. He's, like, he's kind of like, come on, hurry up. <laughs> and I thought, I can't live with myself. I said, I said that's not the right price. Um, I said, it was on, you know, $7.99. They took 200 and some dollars off. And, you know, with the rain check now, I, I should get it for 549 And so she rang it again, and she had the, the person who was training her run it. And it was came up 403 again, and uh, so then they called their manager over. So now there's three of them there, and he says, "No, it looks good." And so Dave's wants to go. Said, Come on, <laughs> so I got a, 40, a 55 inch 4K TV for 403 dollars. So anyway, that's that's my financial blessing, and, I'm, and my wife's happy too. So this is my wife Karen. Uh, some of you haven't met her yet till today. Um, we've been married 41 years. Yeah, uh, we got married really, really young, and we've been um, involved in these kind of crazy churches here now for a long time, a long time. We grew up in a 
denominational church and um, very, very blessed to have done that. But uh, the journey has been interesting from there. And one of the things that has made it interesting is, is a message I want to talk to you about today. When, when Matt asked me to speak, I knew immediately what I want to talk about. So if you want to turn to Acts chapter 3 with me today. This may be a message you've heard before, but I, this is a message that's meant a lot to me. And I uh, thought I would bring it to you today. So, In Acts chapter 3, uh, Peter and John, if you remember, they're going to the temple and they see this, this beggar calls out to him and they heal him. And then Peter gets a chance to preach a message. And so in, the, in his message, when he's talking to him about that this, this lame man had been healed through the name of Jesus, he says this um, in verse 17. He says, now brothers, this is Acts 3, verse 17. Now brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that the, his Christ would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He, meaning Christ, must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. He must remain in heaven until the time comes when he restores all things. The, the Amplified says this, when heaven must receive and retain until the time for the complete restoration of all that God spoke through the holy prophets that heaven must receive and retain Christ until. So there's a, something that has to happen before Christ is released and can come back. And that is the restoration of all things. And so that's what I want to talk about today is the fact that God is a restorer. He loves to restore things. It's just in his nature. We can look at the scriptures, and many of you have, and, and think about all the names that we can, you know, that God has been given throughout the scriptures. He is our healer. He is our provider. He's the king. He's, he, he reigns. He's the Lord of the, of the uh, Lord's host. He's the captain of the Lord's hosts. All those things. He's our banner, our strong tower. All these different names that we have that tell us a little bit about who God is, but never tells us quite everything. And no name, no name could ever encompass everything that God uh, is and uh, the great thing about eternity is we'll spend eternity every moment learning more and more about who God is um, so no name can ever encompass everything but he is a restorer and he loves to restore and that's what I want to talk about today um, when we when we talk about restoring things the definition of that means we, we bring it back to its original condition and its original intention and so um, Something that has been broken, something has been around for a long time, and has worn down, whatever, restoration comes in, not only fixes it, but returns it back to its new condition, or what looked like its new condition, and it operates perfectly. I don't know what channel it's on. I watch American Restoration sometimes. I think it's on the Discovery Channel or History Channel, probably. And uh, I love watching these guys fix stuff. They'll bring in old, you know, jukeboxes or... Um, one-armed bandits or, you know, old tractors or whatever, and, and in, in 22 minutes, they've got this thing looking perfect like it did, you know, 50 years ago, but <laughs> I don't know how they do it. They never show how they do it, but uh, at the end, they reveal it, and it's things in perfect condition, uh, and I like seeing that kind of thing, that they, they bring it back and uh, made it new again, and that's what restoration is all about, and it brings things back to its original intention. Sometimes we, we tend to wander off from our original intention, um, and God has a way of bringing us back to that. In fact, salvation is the perfect example of that. That we were once dead, 
And he came along uh, with his grace and his goodness and the blood of Christ and restored us back to what we were supposed to be. And salvation is really the ultimate restoration story. So God is a restorer. He loves to do those kinds of things. Um, and we see it throughout the scriptures. So I want us to take a look at a few places in scripture today. And I'm sure you should go here every week. So let's turn to Leviticus. Yeah, you live in Leviticus, huh? All right. Well, for those of you that don't live in Leviticus, it's at the beginning of your Bible. The third book, I believe it is. If you have had a look in your index. Um, Leviticus 6, I'm going to read verses 4 through 6. You know, it's not that we follow the law, but the law does tell us uh, a bit about the Lord's heart, doesn't he? Um, Leviticus 6, verse 4 through 6. When he thus sins and becomes guilty, he must return what he has stolen or taken by extortion or what is, was entrusted to him or the lost property he found or whatever it was he swore falsely about. He must make restitution in full, add a fifth of the value to it, and give it all to the owner on the day he presents his guilt offering. In other words, if someone's caught stealing or he lied about something or he found something that wasn't his, when he comes and brings his guilt offering to say, listen, I repent of this thing, he's got to bring it back to the owner and then add a fifth to it. But basically, that owner is getting it restored to him plus. And God always restores not only to back to what it should have been, but it always adds something more to it. That's just, just his heart. And it's even in the law, he put it in the law. So let's look at a couple other places. Um, Isaiah chapter 61, which you probably know all by heart, right? But it's talking about... The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach the good news, etc., etc. Uh, I want us to look specifically here at verse 7. Um, no, I'm in 60, um, yeah. Verse 4, I'm sorry. Where he says, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. It's in his heart and this, in his prophetic word to us in Isaiah 61 about what the Spirit of the Lord is going to do when he comes. He's going to rebuild these ancient cities. These things that have been established have been destroyed. He's going to restore them back to their former glory. It's just in his heart. And even though he, he brought judgment upon Israel, his heart was, I'm going to restore them. And he knows that he can do it, and he knows that he loves to do it, and he knows that he will do it. And so that he, he says this in his prophetic word to us. Let's look at another famous one, um, and that's, Joel chapter 2, where he promises the Holy Spirit to us. Find Joel. Um, in fact, if you read Joel, if you know the, the story of Joel, Joel's prophesying that there's going to be destruction in Israel because these locusts are going to come, and they're going to come like an army, and they're going to run over, they're going to keep their rank, and they're going to jump over the walls, and they're going to come in, and they're going to destroy everything. And... Um, it's kind of an impressive sight that what Joel is describing that these locusts are going to do. In fact, some of those, some of you have been around the charismatic circles for a long, long time, may remember the song back in the 80s that was about we're going to march over walls, we're going to do this, and, that. and um, they they took these locusts and they thought it was prophesying about the church. <laughs> and we were at a conference one time and the. The speaker stood up and says, you know, you're talking about the demonic horde that comes. <laughs> and that's what you were singing about. And so we, haven't, we didn't sing that song much after that. But uh, um, after he describes this demonic horde of locusts that come, uh, we get to uh, chapter 2, verse 25, uh, where he says this, 25. 
He says, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts and the young locusts and the other locusts and the locust swarm, the great army that I sent among you. He said, I, I will repay you for those years. And sometimes you, some of you have known years of devastation or of hurt and of, of struggle. And, and I believe the Lord's saying to you today, listen, I'm going to restore those years. Sometimes there's um, maybe just something that you, a relationship that's not been the way you wanted to for years and years and years. The word of the Lord to you today is, I'm going to restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Um, so hang on to that verse, because he is a restorer uh, of, of all things, and he wants to do that kind of thing. So um, let's talk, I want to look at restoration today from three different aspects, okay? The first one uh, is just basically the fact that he likes to restore and how, what that means for us personally because he is a restorer and he restores things that are broken relationships homes finances nations he just if it's broken he loves to restore it and that's just part of his character that we, we've already uh, mentioned but i, I want to point it out to you that those are things that he just loves to do if you think about people in the bible abraham was too old and yet he used him Mo moses couldn't speak and yet he had to speak to a nation and bring him out um, david was an adulterer and yet he used him. Peter had his foot in his mouth all the time, and yet he, he used him. Uh, Lazarus was dead, and yet he raised him the dead. And in the Bible, she says they came not to see Jesus, but they came, they came to see Lazarus. Uh, they used Lazarus. He used Lazarus even though Lazarus was dead. He restores, and even when you and I think that things are way beyond restoration, he can come in and, and rebuild things. I've had the, the opportunity over the last number of years to, to be involved with... Um, working with married couples and things when they're they're having troubles or you know, they just have some things that they need to talk through whatever it's from yeah just having things that they need to talk through all the way to major major trouble and so uh when i'm when i'm sitting with a couple and uh, there's three of us in a room I, I i always either think to myself or i and i say sometimes to them i believe god can restore all things and sometimes i'm the only one that believes that in the room but I sometimes have to say that just to, to let them know that no matter how bad you think it is, God can restore anything, and uh, just to give them some hope. And then you and then you watch God work. Um, I had a, a young couple a few years ago that I'd been meeting with for for a long time, and and I won't go into the things that they've done or said to each other because it was hor horrific the things that how they treated each other and the things that were done. And I kept having, you know, faith for them. They would kept coming back and wanting to talk to me. And, and we kept working at it, working at it. And finally, I bet it was almost two years down the road. And there was just a lot of phone calls in the middle of the night. And, and, and he had my cell phone number. Anyway. <laughs> Sometimes two or three times a day he'd call and say, well, this is what she said. And so finally they sit in there in my office and they go, um, we're done. We can't do this anymore. And um, we're going we're gonna to file for divorce. And I've... I've felt grateful that they came and told me that but I, in my mind i'm thinking yeah i i know i'm not believing for you anymore i can't, i've got nothing left uh, you know i was the only one believing for you and i'm i'm done and i thought the best thing for both of you probably would be to go your separate ways i, I didn't say it that way to him because i never encourage anybody to get a divorce but it's like in my heart i thought i don't have faith for you anymore so they left my office and i got home that night and he calls me he said we started talking on the way home talk for hours we're going to make a go of it again <laughs> and it's been two or three years down the road now they've got another child and um i don't think that they're living in perfect harmony at this point but they're together um and i thought man god can you can do things when we give up on them 
you know, that you can come in and do things that just surprise us. And uh, that was a surprise to me. But uh, it works. So um, you didn't know that God can fix things. Uh, you also can restore things that, you know, you think were lost. Things that, um, you know, people that you lost in your life, relationships that you may not ever get back. He has a way of, of over time and in his own subtle way of bringing things back into your life that uh, sometimes we don't always notice until you, you look back on things and say, wow, you remember that time we went through that terrible loss? And now look at us now, how God has filled that hole in our heart. Sometimes you never replace you know, the person you lost or something, but he always has a way of filling that spot in your heart that you don't really see until you look back. And usually it's because it's do he does it in a way that you never would have thought he was going to do it. Um, and it surprises you. If, you could, if you probably take time today and think back in your life of, of big losses that you have, either financial or personal, think about how God has filled that up, uh, that hole in your heart for that. I was reminded of this uh, a couple weeks ago. We went to a funeral down in Indiana for Karen's aunt. And um, I don't know all of Karen's cousins real well. So I thought, well, who am I going to know at the funeral? And um, someone that uh, their family had worked with uh, for years was uh, old friends of ours. In fact, they were old, old friends. This, the girl in this relationship was I grew up with it back in Illinois. We were, her family and my family were best of friends. We grew up together. We went to college together, and in college, I began to date Karen. Uh, Karen was accompanying this guy, and this, is, this guy ended up marrying this girl, and so the four of us, we were really good friends as couples. We did a lot of stuff together. We moved back to Illinois, and when they would come to Illinois to visit family, they'd see us, and we'd come to Indiana to visit family, we'd see them. And so this happened, went on for a while. Until uh, the mid-'80s, at one time, they said, hey, let's meet in Chicago. I know this is a long story, but bear with me. We met in Chicago had a nice morning shopping in Chicago. We sat down for lunch, and they said, well, the reason we want to get together is that we want to tell you that we don't want to be your friends anymore. And, you know, that's the only time it's ever happened in my life, um, thank God. But they said, well, you just, you know, you know, some of our friends like to go do, you know, do some more wilder things, and you guys don't, and it's like, you know, we'd just rather not spend time visiting you when we go. So, you know, the rest of lunch was a little awkward. <laughs> And so, you know, we, okay, great, you know, to be our friends. And, you know, that hurt. We've never had, again, like I said, never had that happen before. Um, and that was probably 30-some years ago. But I was thinking, they're going to be at this funeral. And so we saw them. And I was happy to see them. We sat there and talked and talked, caught up on our kids and everything that's going on in our lives. And on the drive home, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, now I remember that. They told us that they didn't want to be our friends anymore. But I look back and I think, look at all the friends that God has given us, you know, since that time. You think, you know, even in your your worst moment sometimes you, you realize that God he has a way of filling those things in in your life and you're restoring people to your life that will meet that need so um, I know it's a long story but forgive me for that but it, it, he, he restores things to us um, and so if you find yourself in a situation even this morning and saying you know we've had a loss or the relationship that's not right you know you can approach the throne of grace boldly and say God you are a restorer and I'm calling on your restoration <laughs> Um, powers and your restoration um, desire today to help restore that. And, you know, it may not be exactly the same way that it was, but he'll restore something and he will make it better because he can do those kinds of things. So that's the first aspect. The second aspect is, um, is restoration in the church. And uh, this has always excited me because we came out of a, a denominational church, a Mennonite church, where we grew up and went to the 
the, the Mennonite College. That's where we met. So I'm grateful for Mennonites, um, all the things that they put into our lives, and with the fact that we can meet and and uh, have a life together. Um, but we were um, went back to Illinois. We're in this church that I grew up in. We were for 13 years, I think, 15 years, something like that. 13 years, a number of years. Anyway, <laughs> until you began to realize that you know there was something that when you read your Bible that just wasn't in church life. You start reading Acts chapter two, and you think, hmm. I don't see that. And uh, you start to wonder, is there more, God? And, and uh, why isn't this going on? And so through a long series of events, you know, we got filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, which is a wonderful thing, but not necessary to our families. And we moved on, but it was always a desire of mine to see restoration in the church. And then I began to study church history and things like that. And you began to see that God uh, is restoring his church. And um, I love history, so I, I, I won't bore you, but uh, the church was extremely uh, successful and moving. It changed the world in the first couple hundred years of his existence. Changed the world. And um, when Constantine got saved in, in the year 3000 or 300, some point in there, he was the emperor of Rome. He said, okay, I'm a Christian. Everybody else is going to be a Christian. If you're a Roman citizen, you have to be a Christian or I'm going to kill you. And, um, you know, it kind of it diluted, you know, the, 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 the faith a little bit in, in, the, in the church. And... It began to raise up people who were leaders, and and, uh, and then the rest of the people were just sheep. And uh, they began to meet in larger, larger buildings. They incorporated a lot of the pagan rituals at the time. And so it began just to really water down the message of the church. And that happened for, you know, thousand-some years. Until Martin Luther, you know, stuck his 95 Thesis to the, to the door and said, Listen, the, the just shall live by faith. And God began to restore back to the church. So that's why he must re remain in heaven until all those things are restored. But he restored the just to live by faith and that sola scriptura, that the only by scripture, uh, began, um, they, then they began to fight against the people who were my, my relatives that believed that, well, if, if you're going to have salvation by faith, then you must be an adult to understand what faith is, so you can't be baptizing babies. And so these guys were persecuted, but were believing in believer's baptism. And then they began to bring back the priesthood of all believers, that you can, you can be a priest unto yourself and go to, by yourself to the throne room. And that was huge because before you had to go to a priest to do that. And so all these changes began to take place, and you see the piety movement and uh, um, all these movements. And the, the scriptures were then printed, and began, the people began to read the scriptures. And so you know, the birth of our nation, et cetera, came out of all this. And you see the Wesleys and evangelism, uh, the Moravians and world evangelisms, all these kinds of things are being restored back to the church through, through hundreds of years. And then you get to the 1900s and all of a sudden the Sousa Street happens and all of a sudden the power of God hits, hits the world again and the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, is becoming a real, real thing in, in really mainstream America. Um, the Assemblies of God and the four square, church, four square churches are started out of this whole movement and you have the Pentecostal movement. Um, and it begins to affect Christianity, obviously. You have the latter rain movement that brought back the fact that God can heal in the 40s and 50s. All these things are beginning brought back. Um, and then you get into the 60s, which some of us remember, um, and the charismatic movement that started affecting then mainline denominations and, uh, and Catholics and people were getting baptized in the Holy Spirit and the Jesus movement in the 70s and all these young hippies are getting saved. And they just don't, they don't know anything about church. They just know that they love Jesus. And... and um, and they're doing some crazy things. And, and so, so in our lifetime, a lot of things have taken place. Some of us can remember the fact that, you know, churches split because someone wanted to play guitar in church. You're not going to play the organ anymore? 
my dead grandma played the organ. You know, we got out to play it. And, and we laugh, but it split churches. And so God began to restore this whole um, tabernacle of David of worship uh, being an expressive thing in, in a church body, which was huge. I mean, if, if you didn't live through it, you, you'd laugh at it, but it was huge uh, to get worship back where it should have been. Uh, the shepherding movement came and was, was destroyed, but the whole idea of discipleship began to come back into the church. The faith movement, that again, many of you heard and all the bad things about the faith movement, but you know what? It restored the idea that you need to live by faith. Yeah, there was a lot of things that were wrong about it, but you had to live by faith. And then the whole Ephesians 4 ministry, the prophetic and everything coming into play. Um, yeah, excesses and maybe misuse, yes, but God began to bring these things back. Um, in, our, in our lifetime and it's exciting to see these things that are being restored back to the church and the father heart of God in the last 20 years has been a big message that you never heard before uh, so all these things are coming back to the church and I believe this is an exciting thing and when I first got into this whole thing I was thinking well let's get back to Acts chapter 2 won't that be great to get back to Acts chapter 2 and all the exciting things that happened people being added to them daily and they shared everything but then I began to realize, well, that, that was just the beginning of something that God started, and it wasn't his best. And so my goal now is to get back to where Acts chapter 2 should have been had it started and kept going and matured properly. Let's get back to what it was supposed to be if it matured. You follow me? Uh, that's where I want to see us go. Uh, and I don't think he's got much left. People say, well, when's Jesus coming back? Well, I, there has to be the restoration of all things before I think he's released. I don't know if there's much left. I think unity is a big deal. Um, I think there, I don't, if that's going to be a miracle, but I believe that's going to happen. I believe people are beginning to understand who they are in Christ. So identity is a big issue. And when we begin to understand that as people, and we begin to, to walk in unity together, I believe that God's going to say, okay, that's what I was looking for. Now you can go. And he's going to send them back. Restoration of the church is huge. That's the second aspect. The third aspect is, is just bigger than that, and that's the fact that um, all of creation, he wants to restore. Um, if you think about this, I don't know if many Christians do. I do because I'm a contemplator. But I, you think about God. He's on the brink of saying, let there be light and, and establishing all the universe. And he, because he knows all things, he knows what's going to happen. And because he, he sits outside of, of time and can see the beginning and the end, he not only is the Alpha and the Omega, he, he sees the beginning and the end at the same time because of who he is. He, he went ahead and created the universe. And it, I always think, was, was, that a big, was that a hard decision for you? Because you, it's going to be a mess. And yet he did it anyway. And I don't think he did it saying, I know it's going to be a mess, and I know it's going to end up a mess but I'm going to do it anyway. I believe that he looked at it and said, I know it's going to be a mess for a while, but I've got a plan. It's my son who was slain before the foundation of the earth because God knew that he had to send his son to clean, clean it up. And he, he just said to himself, I can restore this thing. I don't care how bad a mess it is. I can restore this thing, and I'm going to restore this thing. I'm going to create it anyway. And so he's created the universe knowing that there's going to be a big mess ahead but that he has the ability to say i'm going to clean this whole thing up and it will end up the way i wanted it to end up my original intention for adam and eve when i when he told them 
I want you to uh, have dominion on the earth. Take care of it. Work the ground. Multiply and have dominion of the whole earth. Still stands. That there will be a people that have been renewed to be like Adam and Eve, which is us, right? Which is us. We've been renewed, renewed and restored to now work the land and have dominion over what he's given us dominion over, whether it's just be our farm and our family or, or our business, whatever that is, to have dominion over that and then see that go and spread over the whole earth. He says several times in the Old Testament, I, my glory will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. And, you know, we think sometimes, well, it's just going to be this big glory cloud. No, this is going to be a glory that we carry as Christians through the whole earth, that his glory will fill the whole earth through us. And that he will restore the earth, the, the, the creation, back to its original intention. That he will be honored in all things and his kingdom will be here. Um, I, I don't believe that he has a, a negative outlook on the, on the world. He knows how it's going to end up. So when we sit here and we think, we look at the world, we look at the environment. Man, we look at our election coming up in a couple of days. You think, oh God, we're in big trouble. Uh, I think he knows that. And he, he knows a way through it. Uh, I hope Christians aren't afraid of our election. Please vote. Please vote. But don't be afraid of the election. I don't care who wins. God has a plan through it. Okay, he, know, he knows all, everything. So don't lose hope or lose your peace over all this because he has a plan. Because he has an original intention and it will work out. Because he is a restorer. Uh, and so I, that's my that's what I want to try to get across today. That all those things, he has a plan, and uh, he knows it's going to it's going to be fruitful, and he know it will come true. Um, so have hope. Why don't you put your Bibles and stuff away here? Let's let's pray for a while here. I know some of the things I talked about are just kind of, uh, sometimes too big to even think about. But um, if you find yourself here this morning and you say, you know, I'm just really, really anxious about this election. I'm anxious about where our country's going. I'm anxious about all these things. Um, my prayer for you today would be that God's peace would just come over you. That, that this word, the fact that God, God has it all well in hand, um, will give you peace today. Um, but more specifically, I, think I just want to pray for today for those of you who are in the midst of you've suffered loss or something's broken. There's relationships that aren't the way they, that you want them to be. And maybe there's nothing you can do about it. I don't know. But you need to know that God is a restorer. And he will either bring that relationship back or give you another one that will be more fruitful. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he is a restorer. And so in the midst of your pain, sometimes it's awfully hard to see that. But I believe that's the word of the Lord for you today, that he is a restorer. 